And uh, good morning, everyone, and uh, a warm welcome from me as well. Um, it's it's great to to have you with us. And um, just to say, uh, if you are new to One Tribe, um, in other words, today is maybe your first Sunday here, or you joined us um, during the month of January. Um, just. Uh, Trust that you feel at home and, and, and welcome here at One Tribe. We really do care about, about visitors. Um, and as part of an expression of that care, we have regular um, newcomers luncheons um, every couple of months um, where it's an opportunity for you to, to get to know us as a church and uh, an opportunity to, to ask questions, um, to, to interact with some of the leaders. And um, so the, the next newcomers lunch is coming up next Sunday. Uh, it's the, uh, the 7th. And uh, so if you are new to One Tribe, I encourage you to, to sign up for that. We'd love to, to get to know you better, um, and it's, it's just a, a great opportunity. So um, sign up for that is at the welcome desk, which is sort of on the right as you, as you came in. Um, so, so please do um, sign up if you're new. Great. So this morning uh, is the first message in our Stronger series, and I'm really excited to kick it off. Um, and the idea here is to look at the topic of health, um, to look at what the Bible says about it, and then to apply that in our lives so that we are stronger in 2021 and beyond. And now health is not just about physical well-being, um, because we are complex whole creatures. We're made in the image of God. We've got bodies. We've got souls. We're made for relationship. And so health is about social and mental and physical well-being and, <clears throat> and spiritual as well, it's because we're, we're whole connected beings. And so in this series, we're going to look at all of these different aspects of health, um, starting this morning with physical health. And um, that's why I'm dressed like this, why some of you are, are dressed in exercise clothes. It's great. And um, I, I mean, I think I normally would have come in shorts, but the, the, the first time and actually the only time that I wore shorts to church, I got so much abuse that I, I really didn't consider um, doing it again. Um, and actually, I have a very distinct kind of embarrassing memory of, of that Sunday that um, I met Gloria's mom for the first time. Gloria just started working for the church. And I remember thinking just, you know, as she was greeting me, um, like thinking, ah, Gloria, is, is this a leader <laughs> in the church that you've just started working for? And so, Gloria, I'm sorry. And, uh, and, and, and Mama Gloria, I'm also sorry. We, we may appear casual, but as Sean says, we, we're not casual about the things of God. And I think um, in, in the last year, in terms of, uh, of health, you know, because of the pandemic, most of us have, have thought more about health um, than we did previously. Uh, and for some of us, that has meant doing more exercise. Um, and uh, Strava is an exercise tracking app. It's used by about 75 million people worldwide. Um, and on the screen now is um, some stats um, from 2020 from them. Um, and the, the small gray line is um, what they kind of projected the, um, the exercise levels would be globally um, in 2020. And you see um, that the red line, which is the actual, um, is, is a huge spike above that starting in March when the pandemic hit. And so there was this explosion of exercise that, the, um, that COVID-19 has resulted in. Um, but I also know that that's not the full story. I know for some of us um, that you know, the pandemic has actually resulted in sort of just eating more nyamachoma um, or watching a lot more Netflix. Um, but wherever you are um, in terms of your health journey, um, however you're feeling about your health this morning, um, this message is for you, and I trust that it will be encouraging and edifying. And um, before we dive into the message, I just want to say um, just a couple of, of very brief introductory things. And, and one of the key first things to say is that... Uh, the most important thing, even though we're looking at physical health this morning, the most important thing in life is spiritual health. 
What is of ultimate significance is our relationship with God, and that's what we were created for. Um, Paul makes this very clear in 1 Timothy 4.8, um, where he says, For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. It's because godliness not only results in blessing in this life, but determines how you will spend all of eternity. So while physical training has, does have some benefit, it, it is beneficial, it's a clear second in place to, to godliness, which um, you know, has, has benefit for all, for all eternity, whereas physical training only has benefit for this life. Jesus also made this point in, in a very graphic way in Matthew 5.30. He says, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away, for it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body go to hell. And Jesus was uh, intentionally making the point in a very extreme way, but what he was saying is that the body and physical health is temporary and eternity is forever. So whatever you do, Make sure that you prioritize spiritual health, getting right with God in this life. And so I want to say to you, if you um, are here or you're watching online and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, that the offer uh, of, of spiritual health, of spiritual life, of eternal life, um, of forgiveness of your sins, of, of right relationship with God is available to you today. And the, the message of the Bible, the message of Christianity uh, is that we, are, we all start out spiritually unhealthy and, uh, and that's because, you know, from, from the first man and first woman, we, we disobeyed God. We went our own way. And so all of us um, are, are morally bankrupt. We, we cannot uh, even live up to our own standards of morality, let alone God's standards. And so that means that we are separated from a holy God. We are unable to, to have a relationship with him. And nothing that, we can, nothing that we do kind of fixes that. But God in his great mercy and love came to us, came to rescue us. Jesus came, and on the cross, he died, and he died the, the punishment that we deserved. He, he experienced the full wrath of the Father upon himself, which was, was actually intended for us because we're the ones who sinned. Jesus lived a perfect life. And on the cross, he offers us this great exchange, and he takes the punishment for our sin, and he offers us in return his perfect righteousness so that we can be accepted by the Father, we can have relationship with God, that we can be made spiritually healthy again. And so and that offer is available to you today. And I want to say to you, don't delay in responding to that. This is the most important thing in life. It's getting right with God. It's what you were created for, and uh, it's, it's freely available to you today. Okay, the second um, just brief introductory comment that I want to make uh, is that we, we're looking at physical health today, and, and as we do it, we can come with stereotypes, right? We can come with ideas in our mind about what health looks like. Um, but health is about well-being. It's not about our cultural view um, of beauty um, or of athleticism. And um, what's on the screen now is the, the cover of Cosmopolitan, um, from February 2021, so from now. And um, I would agree with this, that um, you know, healthy does not necessarily equal skinny. God has made us all unique uh, and, and with unique body types. And so no one body type has sort of a monopoly um, on being healthy. Great. So with those introductory comments, I want to get into the heart of the message today. And the two main things we're going to look at is um, what are we aiming for in terms of physical health? And secondly, how practically um, can we do that? So firstly, what are we aiming for? Now, um, I know what I am shooting for, and I, I get it from Caleb, um, who was one of the 12 spies that Moses sent into the promised land to check it out. And um, he's one of my heroes in the Bible. Um, Luke, my, my second born son, um, his middle name is Caleb. Um, and so the just check out this, this story um, from the Old Testament. 
Then the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of, of Jay the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, in Kadesh Barnea, concerning you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said, these 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel walked in the wilderness. And now, behold, I am this day 85 years old. And check this out. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is as my strength was then for war, for coming and going. So now give me this hill country. And that is what I want, physically strong and spiritually zealous, even into old age. Because physical training has some value, godliness has great value, and Caleb had both of those. Caleb was a warrior, both physically and spiritually. He wholly followed the Lord, not losing faith during the 45 years that it took between the, when the promise was given and when he inherited the land. And he kept his body strong during those 45 years so that he was ready um, when time came, ready to go to war and ready to take the hill country. And and you see a real balance, um, you see a real godly wisdom in Caleb's approach. And that's what I argue we should be aiming for. And there are three elements to this balanced approach. The first is being good stewards of the bodies that God has given us. The second is enjoying our bodies. And the third is trusting God with our health. And we often talk at one trial about the analogy of riding a horse when it comes to our approach to issues. And um, often what we find is that you can tend to fall off the horse either one side or the other side by emphasizing one or the other thing too much. But God's approach, God's kind of balanced, wise approach is, is to helps us to stay on the horse um, and not to fall off either way. And here, kind of falling off the horse to this side um, is being lazy or indifferent about our health. It's kind of putting too little emphasis on it. Falling off the horse to this side um, is putting too much emphasis on on it, um, you know, idolizing our bodies um, and trying to control our health um, through, through what we do. And so we, we, we want to get this right. And, and so these three things kind of help us just to stay balanced. The first is being good stewards of our bodies because uh, our bodies are a gift from God. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And uh, the human body is incredible and can do amazing things. And uh, when we become Christians, we give all of ourselves, including our bodies, to following Jesus. Paul in 1 Corinthians 6 is, is writing to the Corinthian church about sexual immorality, and he is explaining why Christians should never use their bodies in a sexually inappropriate way. Uh, and in doing so, he gives us insight into how God views our bodies. Listen to what, what he says. The body is meant for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. Our bodies are for the Lord and for his glory, because when we give our lives to following Jesus, his Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us, and we are united, we come, we be unified and joined to Jesus as the head. And that truth should make us very careful about how we use our bodies, how we behave sexually, 
kind of how we approach food and how we look after the health of our bodies. As with everything that's been entrusted to us by God, we will one day have to stand and give an account for how we've used the body that God's given us. It certainly won't be as important as kind of the account we'll give of stewarding the spiritual gifts that, that God's given us, but nevertheless, it'll, it'll, it's still important. And because we are whole unified beings, the, the, the physical and the spiritual are connected. You know, you can, you can take yourself out of running your race for God by, by making bad lifestyle choices, by not looking after your body. You know, things like diabetes and, and hypertension and heart disease, these are lifestyle diseases that, that can be prevented. And you can prematurely kind of take yourself out of the race um, or even have an early death because you, you, you're not looking after the, your, your body sufficiently. And so my challenge to you, my challenge to us is let's try and be like Caleb. Let's be physically strong as far as it's possible and spiritually zealous even to old age. Let's not be lazy or indifferent. We each have a spiritual race to run for God, and we can do that more effectively. We can do it with more perseverance if we're making sure at the same time we're doing everything we can to keep our bodies strong. Paul could say at the end of his life, I have done my best in the race. I have run the full distance. I have kept the faith. And that would also be true of Caleb. And looking after our bodies is part of doing our best in the race so that when we um, hit the tape at the end, we're still faithfully serving God with all of our strength. Okay, the second element to the, to the wise, balanced approach is to enjoy our bodies. On the other end of the spectrum from laziness is putting so much emphasis on our bodies and on our health that it becomes an idol. And, and something is an idol to us when it is more important to us than God, when it, when it displaces God as a source of meaning and significance in our life. And it's, so, it's possible to get so caught up in pursuing healthy living, in pursuing a great-looking body, in pursuing athletic success, that that becomes the main thing in our life, the thing that we kind of get our identity from, the thing that makes us happy. And um, you know, as, as Tez brought that word this morning, I think God just wants to highlight this to us. For those of you for, for which this is a temptation, Jesus is the only treasure that can satisfy he is the only source of life and meaning and significance. These other things are, are counterfeit gods. So, you know, um, getting a great body, looking magnificent, being in peak physical condition, that's great, but that's never going to be the thing that satisfies you, the thing that, um, that gives real meaning to life. And so... Um, Let's watch out for that. And it's a temptation, um, and temptation especially, I guess, for young people. Um, you know, Western culture especially places a great amount of emphasis on physical beauty, on sporting glory. You know, I grew up in a culture like that. But instead of this unhealthy extreme, God's desire is that we enjoy our bodies with freedom because they're a gift from Him. God created physical pleasure. It was His idea. He created a, um, that, you know, that we, our bodies and, and pleasure so that we enjoy them. He wants us to enjoy sex. He wants us to enjoy good food. He wants us to enjoy the movement and exertion of our bodies. But within the, 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 the wise and loving boundaries that our Heavenly Father has set for us, so sex within the, the lifetime commitment of marriage and, and eating without gluttony and exercise without it driving us. God, um, he also created endorphins, um, which are chemicals produced by the body to relieve stress and pain. Um, they're a type of opoid, uh, which can produce feelings of euphoria uh, and are known to combat anxiety and depression. And when we exercise, our bodies produce uh, endorphins and, and they release all these positive effects in us um, and enable us to, to really enjoy and feel pleasure um, as we move our bodies. And now, I know for some of you, you might say to me, Kelvin, um, that's, that's great, but um, you know, exercise is just 
torture for me. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about, pleasure. I don't know what you're talking about, endorphins. It's just absolute torture. Um, and if that's the case for you, then I would say um, there are still ways that you can find to exercise and move your body that are enjoyable. And, um, you know, even if you were just to start with, with walking um, a short distance regularly, that has great health benefits and, and releases endorphins and is really good for you. Um, but we'll talk more about, about exercise later. The point is that, that our bodies are a gift from God and they are meant to be enjoyed, but not idolized. And I'm confident that Caleb, as he rode into battle, 85 years old, was enjoying the fact that at that age, he was still as strong and vigorous as the young men and able to confidently lead them into battle. The third thing to aim for in terms of physical health um, is trusting God with our health. Because God is in control, he loves us, and so we should trust him with our health. Our responsibility is to, to be good stewards, to do whatever we can to look after our bodies, but then we need to, to leave the rest to God because you know, we, we can't think that we're ultimately in control of what happens to our bodies and whether we get sick or not. That leads to sort of falling off the horse this side by placing too much emphasis on it and uh, you know, really focusing so much on, on exercise and diet. We need to be responsible, but then we need to trust God with the rest. And um, God really taught this to me um, through my own personal experience. Um, when I was 23, um, I, was, I was really fit. I exercised a lot. Um, and at that point, I became chronically ill. And uh, I was ill for um, seven years, and that was six months before we got married. And... Um, you know, it was beyond my control. I went from being really healthy to being really sick, to being bedridden. And uh, in that process, God taught me that I just need to trust him um, with my health and, and with whether I got better or not. And, and praise God, I am better. Um, and, and during that time, God was, God was doing different things, doing more important things. He was, he was shaping and molding us as a couple. He was redirecting the course of our life. He was, he was speaking very, very deep things to us. And so the reality is that God loves us. He's always working for our good. And uh, he's more concerned about our character than he is about our physical comfort. And so there's times when we go through discipline, we go through pruning, where God is maturing and refining us. And sometimes, um, like it was with me, that happens through, through sickness. And we need to trust God with that. But at the same time, we know that God's desire for us is that we are healed. And uh, in Matthew chapter 8, um, a leper comes to Jesus and he says to him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And uh, Jesus replied, I am willing be clean. And immediately he was, he was cleansed of his leprosy. And uh, we, we know as we, as, we, as we see in the Gospels, wherever Jesus went, he healed the sick. That was kind of a characteristic of Jesus's ministry, um, that he was always healing people. Because in the kingdom of God, there's no sickness. And we kind of live now in, in the tension between the, the now and the not yet of the kingdom of God. Now Jesus has come, he's defeated um, death and sin, and he's brought the kingdom of God, the rule of God to earth. And that's not a, an earthly kingdom, it's a, it's a rule that happens in our hearts as we believe in Jesus. And so as, as bearers of the kingdom of God, we can expect healing. And, we, and, God, and Jesus tells us to, to pray for healing. But at the same time, the kingdom is, is not fully here yet. That'll only happen when Jesus returns again, when, when every tear is wiped away and when there's, when there's no more sickness, no more pain. So we live in this, in this tension between the now and the not yet. And in, that, in this time, we just need to trust God with our health because he knows what he's doing. And uh, I really have a heart this morning to, to pray for those of us amongst us who are sick. And um, so after the service, we're going to have an opportunity, um, if you're sick in your body, um, to be prayed for. And we're going to really trust that God will do uh, miracles this morning. 
So to recap, what we're aiming for is, um, is physically healthy and spiritually zealous, even to old age. And uh, in terms of the physical, that means that we uh, are good stewards of our bodies and that we enjoy them and that we trust God with them. Um, I just want to end um, or to spend this last section talking about some practical tips on how to be good stewards of our bodies. And um, a disclaimer is that I am not a doctor. Um, I'm not a physical trainer. Um, I'm not a dietitian. I don't have any professional qualification in this space. Um, so these are just common sense principles. And um, they come from a heart of a pastor, and they're sort of born out of my own personal experience um, of dealing with health in my own life. Um, as an overarching theme here, what I would say is that what we're looking for is sustainable rhythms in areas of, of eating, uh, of sleeping, and of exercise. And I say sustainable because to be as healthy as, as, as we can be, you need rhythms that are consistently part of your lifestyle, things that kind of work in the long term, not once-off kind of exercise programs or diets. And to make it sustainable, you need to have healthy habits um, in each of these areas. And um, the encouraging thing is that as you you develop healthy habits in these areas, they become self-reinforcing cycles um, between these different areas. He has a quote um, from Charles Dugug's book, um, The Power of Habit. He says, when people start habitually exercising, even as infrequently as once a week, they start changing other unrelated patterns in their lives, often unknowingly. Typically, people who exercise start eating better and becoming more productive at work. They smoke less and show more patience with colleagues and family. They use their credit cards less frequently and say they feel less stressed. It's not completely clear why, but for many people, exercise is a keystone habit that triggers widespread change. Exercise spills over, says one professor. There's something about it that makes other good habits easier. Thus, as we develop these kind of sustainable habits in, in these areas of our life, like exercise, it helps to create these self-reinforcing cycles that spill over into multiple other areas of our lives. And, and here's a few other quotes um, to help convince you of the positive um, spillover effects of exercise. They come from a book um, by John Ratey called Spark, and it really takes some of the latest science that looks at the, the link between exercise and our brains. And uh, he says, exercise is a single most powerful tool you have to optimize your brain function. The better your fitness level, the better your brain works. Higher fitness levels relate directly to positive mood and lower levels of anxiety and stress. And so, you know, we're going to look in the series, as you heard, at, at mental health as well. Um, but as we're seeing, we, we are whole beings, and so there's connections between the physical and the spiritual, there's connections between the physical and the mental. And so I want to look at these three areas of exercise, of eating, and of sleep, and just very briefly give a few practical tips in each of them. So the first is exercise, and I know that as we come to this, we're all at different levels of, of fitness um, or lack thereof. And uh, all of us have different life circumstances which impact on our ability to exercise. Um, so if you're, if you're not currently doing much, I want to say um, please don't feel condemned or judged in any way. Um, there, there is grace. Um, but what, what I would say to you um, if you're in that situation is, is, is very simply that um, that movement is important. So we weren't designed to be sedentary. Uh, and so even going for a short walk kind of once a day um, has enormous health benefits. And uh, I would encourage you, you know, if you're not doing anything at the moment, to, to start really simple, start achievable, um, and, and just start moving your body on a regular basis and grow from there. And I, I know personally the power of this because 
it's kind of a key way in which I got better from, from chronic illness. So, so when I was sick, I was really sick. Um, I was bedridden and, and I couldn't do anything. And the doctor said to me, Calvin, you've got to start somewhere and start doing something. And so my first goal was to get up out of bed once a day and to walk around our house. And our house wasn't very big, so that, you know, that wasn't a, a huge goal. And then I did that for a week, second week, get up out of bed once a day, walk around our house twice. And, and slowly and incrementally like that, over a process of years, um, is how I got better, I mean, amongst other things. Um, and so I know that there's power in incrementally just setting small goals and, and moving on from there um, and getting stronger. And, so, and that applies to you sort of wherever you are on the exercise spectrum. Um, what we need to aim for is building this sort of consistent rhythm um, of exercise and movement into our daily lives. And... Now, key to this, I think, is to try and make it as enjoyable as possible. Um, so do things that, that you personally enjoy uh, and you know, try and make it social as well. So I think doing things with other people um, is, is a key to that. The second area is eating. And uh, I think it's, it's fairly obvious that um, our diet contributes very significantly to our health. And um, there's obviously much that could be said here, but I mean, a lot of diet advice needs to be individual. It needs to be life stage specific. So I'm just going to give you some, some very basic, like no-brainer um, uh, kind of principles. And the first is that um, fresh vegetables and fruit are super important because they're uh, a, a source of, of vitamins and minerals and fiber. And yeah, the, the recommendation for a healthy, balanced diet is actually a third of our daily intake should be from fresh fruit and vegetables. We should be aiming for five portions of a variety of fresh fruit and vegetables in our daily diet. Now, I know for most of us, if we're honest, that we're, we're quite significantly away from that. But um, that's, you know, that's a good goal to have, and we should be trying to move towards that and, and getting as much kind of fresh intake as we can. The second one, which, which I know that you won't like, is that sugar is bad. It's really, really bad. And um, so you need to be conscious and self-controlled about the amount of sugar that you take. So, you know, for example, having three or four or five spoons of sugar in your chai is, is, is not a, a healthy thing to do. And um, so I would say, you know, let's try and reduce the amount of sugar that, that, we, that we take. Let's be conscious of when, we, when we, we're taking in sugar so much of what we eat has sugar in it, um, and it is possible to kind of wean yourself off it and to, and to um, not take sugar anymore. I know because I've done it, and in the beginning, it's like super hard. You have these intense cravings. You know, you, you feel like an addict because you just want to, you know, do whatever you can to get a bar of chocolate, um, but after two or three weeks, that craving goes away, and it's amazing. You, you then have no desire um, for, for sweet things. Rather have a healthy snack like, like Sweetunda. Um, the third thing is, um, is processed foods are really bad um, because they remove things that are good for you, um, like fiber and vitamins, and they add in things that are bad, like sugar and salt and trans fats. And um, examples of, of processed food are like processed meat, um, like bacon or ham or sausages. Um, I was at a, braai, a barbecue yesterday, and kind of more than half, I think, of the, of the meat that was being barbecued um, was, was um, sausages. Um, and then things like chips, um, 
biscuits, breakfast cereals, all processed foods that are, are not good for you. And so you just need to be conscious in your daily diet how much of it is processed. Like if you do an inventory of, of what you're eating in a day, like you know, try and reduce the amount that, that's processed and increase the amount that's that's fresh. And and lastly, and very obviously, drink a lot of water. Um, try and minimize soda, which is you know really bad for you. Um, and limit the amount of um, fruit juice that you have, because that's also very, very high in sugar. Um, so those are just, I mean, some very basic um, kind of eating advice. Um, the last kind of area that's important to mention where you want to have healthy, sustainable rhythms is sleep. And it's really hard to overstate the importance of sleep. Um, there's, there's a book by, um, by Dr. Matthew Walker called Why We Sleep, and this is a quote from it. I think, I think Chris, you referenced the ones before. Good book. Within the brain, sleep enriches our ability to learn, memorize, and make logical decisions. It recalibrates our emotions, restocks our immune system, fine-tunes our metabolism, and regulates our appetite. Dreaming modifies painful memories and creates a virtual reality space in which the brain melds past and present knowledge to inspire creativity. Now, that is a lot of super important stuff. So basically, you are harming yourself and you are fundamentally limiting your ability to function if you don't prioritize your sleep. So what we should be aiming for is seven to eight hours of quality sleep a night and for a kind of consistent pattern of sleeping where there's not a, a radical difference between the amount of sleep we get in, in the weekday and on the weekend in our sleeping pattern, and also for that to be kind of consistent over the long term. So, um, for example, regular binge watching of Netflix to the early hours of the morning is not highly recommended. And some, some really key diet factors that relate to sleep, um, the first is caffeine. So what most people know is that caffeine kind of limits the, um, your ability to fall asleep and stay asleep and also the quality of sleep. But what most people don't know is that um, caffeine has a half-life of five to six hours and a quarter-life of 10 to 12 hours, which means that 10 to 12 hours after you've had your last cup of coffee, 25% of that caffeine is still in your body. And, um, and understanding this was a complete game-changer for me. It actually came from watching um, Dr. Matthew Walker's TED Talk. And um, I used to drink coffee in the afternoon, and I used to um, regularly kind of wake up at two or three in the morning, like, wide awake, um, unable to go to sleep for like an hour or so. And I used to think uh, work was on my mind or I was just stressed or whatever, but um, you know, that used to happen to me a lot. Once I understood this, I stopped having caffeine in the afternoon and like that, the, the two or three wake-ups stopped and, and now my sleep is much more quality. And so uh, this, this, this really is a thing. I mean, even if you say, you know, actually caffeine doesn't affect me and um, you know, I can have a... Uh, you know, an espresso after, after um, my meal at night and I'm fine, um, the reality is it, it is impacting the quality of your sleep. Um, another thing to say is that, is that alcohol is really bad for the quality of your sleep. Um, although it's a sedative, it really limits the REM sleep that you get, like that deep sleep, um, and it also causes you to wake up more often. And so it's really not a good idea to, to late at night um, take alcohol or, or have a nightcap just before you, you go to bed. Okay, so, so those are some sort of key principles um, in, in, these, in these important areas of, of exercise and eating and sleeping. And um, there's obviously much more that can be said. And this is a, this is a huge topic, um, and this is, this is not a self-help kind of message. Um, but the, the main challenge with these things is often not ignorance. It's actually putting into practice what you already know. And so what I want to encourage us is let's start to take small incremental steps towards 
being more healthy, developing healthy habits in each of these areas. And, um, as, we, and as you do, um, you'll see that there start to be these, these self-reinforcing cycles um, that happen. And uh, now as we, as we come in for a close now, I just also want to pray for us, because I said this is not a, this is not a self-help talk. Um, we're... You know, our bodies are for the Lord, and uh, we, we, so we, we're not doing this um, necessarily for ourselves, and it's not all about us. It's about God. It's about running our race for Him, and, and we also don't do it in our own strength. Everything that we do, we do in, in God's strength, and so we want to ask for His help. Um, at the same time, we also want to, um, as I said, pray for those that um, are physically sick this morning, and really trust that, that God will come in and meet you. Um, and so, Ems and the band, can you guys come back up again? And um, I'm just going to pray for us. Why don't we all stand? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you have given us these wonderful bodies. Thank you that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank you that we are made in your image, Lord God. And thank you that um, you have called us to an adventure with you. Thank you that you've called us to, to run our races for your glory. And so, Lord, this morning we want to come and we just want to um, submit ourselves to you in every area, Lord, including our bodies. And we just want to pray, Lord, that by your Holy Spirit that you would help us. Will you help us, Lord, to be good stewards of the bodies that you've given us so that we can run these, these races that you've got for us, Lord God, with, with all of our strength and with all of our perseverance. Because, Lord, this is about you. This is about your glory. And, Lord, we want to stand one day and, and be able to, to say to you that um, we've looked after the, the, the bodies that you've given us and to hear you say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And so I just pray wherever we are, Lord God, in, in terms of this journey, that you would help us. Just pray for no condemnation. Just pray, thank you, Lord, that we, we respond to you out of grace, out of the fact that we are fully accepted and loved by you before we even do anything. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And Lord Jesus, I just, uh, just want to pray for those of us that are, are sick this morning. Thank you that you are the great physician. Thank you that you are the miracle worker. I just want to speak your healing, Lord, right now of anyone that's sick. And uh, yeah, I just have a sense that the, this morning, God, you know, if, you, if you are here and you kind of you've suffered with sickness for a long time. There's things in your body that you've you've carried with you for a long time. It's a kind of long-term problems, and you've maybe been for prayer many times. I just feel faith this morning to to pray for you, to pray for those things. God God can do a miracle. He calls us to to be persistent, to keep on coming and asking. Don't don't lose faith. God's desire is to heal you.